Hey all, welcome to Film Suck, a Patreon podcast in which we ponder the work of art in the age of crap cinema. I'm Eileen Jones. I'm Dolores McElroy. And today is the Banshees of Inishurin Day. Um, um, we're calling this, we're titling this A Big Hand for the Banshees of Inishurin, and you can puzzle that out for yourself if you haven't seen the movie yet. As <laughs> usual, there are going to be spoilers galore, so we're just warning you up front, we're going to tell all. Um, this is the latest film by Irish writer-director, you know, raised in Ireland, I should note. He calls himself London Irish. His parents are from Galway, but he was raised in London. Um, Martin McDonough. He's best known for his 2008 film In Bruges, which is very much a beloved film, and reuniting the wonderful team of actors who led that film, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Um, this time they're playing old friends who have a sudden falling out that has major consequences for the small island community of Inishurant. It's such an insular community that the population is hardly following the progress of the Irish Civil War. Um, the movie's set in 1923, and the war was 22 and 23. Um, and it's ra that is raging on the mainland, so they can regularly see and hear bombs exploding and crackle of gunfire, and they 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 barely know what it's about. Other than, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> so they certainly don't feel like taking. They're not taking sides. They're just like what? Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's a very very remote island, not modernized at all. They're still driving, you know, pony carts over <laughs> dirt roads, rugged, very rocky dirt roads, etc. So the trouble begins in the first sequence when Gleason's character, um, Colum Doherty, fails to meet Farrell's character, uh, Podrick, and I'm going to say this once and I'm probably wrong, Sulyabane. I looked that up. I don't think that's what he says, but it's close enough. We'll only say it that one time. Uh, at 2 p.m. at the pub, as usual, he doesn't even respond when um, Podrick knocks on the door. So... Uh, ultimately, when he finally explains why he hasn't done this thing that he's been doing every day for years and years, he says, I just don't like you no more. <laughs> Podrick's desperate attempts to win back his friend and Colm's um, increasingly brutal ways of refusing to be won back form the narrative spine of this darkly hilarious but ultimately shocking and tragic tale. And let's just plunge right into two basic takes. Dolores, you go. Okay, well, I think we're basically on the same page, which is that mm. this is fabulous film um it was riveting the acting is pitch perfect the scenery is absolutely gorgeous oh my god <laughs> yes amazing and um there's so much food for thought here this is another one that you definitely want to go talk about after you get out of the theater um yeah it's it's the most irish thing the dark the darkness mm. of the humor is pitch black yes. <laughs> and, uh, um there there are several themes um at, at the end of the day i thought it was a maybe about um a like different uh social agreements um mm. and and their dissolution mm. um I, like at the end of the day i think it's kind of about an unraveling um yeah I, Right. And and yes. as you as you mentioned, the backdrop of the Irish Civil War is mm -hmm. is the backdrop. And that's important. Um, at the end of the film, our two friends part ways and e each of their points of view is like fairly sympathetic. Um, mm -hmm. They're both, you know, jackasses to an extent and sympathetic and understandable to an extent. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, it seemed like this was in part about um both the like necessary hypocrisy of living in a small community, the imperative mm -hmm. to be nice and get mm -hmm. along, which uh, like requires a heavy dose of bullshit on a daily mm -hmm. basis and doing things you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and also uh, the other meaning of bullshit, which is like the necessity of bullshitting with your friend, with your neighbors mm -hmm. um, in order to be like accepted and sort of like keep the fabric of the community intact. Mm -hmm. Um and and it's understandable that Colm wants to break from that. Um, mm -hmm. How stultifying, <laughs> you mm. know? Um, it's also understandable that Colm is being a big jerk <laughs> and, mm. and that this is very hurtful to, uh, to mm -hmm. um, Padraic. Um, and Just think Padraic. of Patrick and put a paw in. Okay. I'm <laughs> deeply uncomfortable. Right, I, I had to look it up because I forgot how they were pronouncing it. So I'm it, hoping that's correct. Christ. In my notes, I was just like, all right, Patrick. Okay. Oh, that's all right. Well, let's make it easy. We'll just call him Patrick. We'll just, like, we'll just violate everything. I'm so Patrick. sorry. You <laughs> you should do the right one. And I'll just like, it's so embarrassing just because I have no idea. Okay. No, I'll go. I'll go for it. I'll go for it. Padrick. Okay. So, so, um, Padrick's also understandable. He is kind. He's a big dolt. And that, that is hysterical. And 
watching Kamala and Farrell be the the most annoying, stupidest bastard on the island is so great. Um, And um, so anyway, you know, they both have like, there's a degree of sympathy for each of them. And then, you know, at the end when they decide to, well, it's it's interesting after <laughs> after all of the events ensue and things get very dark, like um, by mistake, when Calm is lopping off his fingers uh, <laughs> and throwing them at uh, Pod- Podrick's door, um, Podrick's beloved miniature donkey, Jenny, chokes on two of those fingers and dies, which is very sad. And you really feel the loss oh, of Jenny because she's it's terrible. Adorable, adorable little miniature donkey. Oh. She's very dear. And yeah. um, and then so Podrick, that is sort of the thing that changes Podrick. And he mm-hmm. enters into a phase of revenge where he in turn burns down Colm's house. Um, and he warns Colm, you know, put your border collie outside the door because mm-hmm. I have nothing against the dog. Um, at two o'clock tomorrow, I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to set it on fire. Um, you can be in it or not. It's up to you. Um, and so he does look through the window and he imagines that he's setting his friend on fire in the house. Mm-hmm. His friend is inside. Um, at the end of the day, Calm decides to live. He he did not burn up in the house and they meet mm-hmm. on the beach. And after this, after an, an entire film of Calm mm-hmm. begging Podrick not to speak to him, mm-hmm. it's almost as if Calm gives up and starts mm-hmm. bullshitting with him again, um, chatting mm-hmm. and Padraig walks away um, and, you know, um, actually says, you know, some things uh, you can't get over. Um, And this is it seems to me like I mean, obviously, the quote war (laughs) has changed Padraig. But it seems to me like, all right, Colm, in a way, maybe saw the necessity of maintaining these bonds um, Mm -hmm. in such a world. And but Podrick uh, had been pushed too far. Mm-hmm. And the final shot is of Mrs. McCormick, this sort of like witch of the island, representing like the folk spirit of this place, presiding over these two men parting ways. And to me, it seemed like that was like part of the what the film was trying to say. It's like mm-hmm. there's no, something has broken. And I don't know if you want to think about that in terms of modernity or Ireland mm-hmm. or whatever, but it's like, Mm, the old ways, which were not perfect, can no longer work. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also no real vision for going forward. <laughs> so it seemed pretty bleak, um, but enjoyably, the whole process of this unfolding bleakness is mm-hmm. really enjoyable to watch. Yes, it has yeah. a very bracing quality that even though I'm reading how depressing it is in the end, I did not find it depressing. <laughs> yes. Because of that quality, which I love. I mean, I always say that about film noirs. As well film noir which is one of my favorite forms mm. know, a lot of, there's a lot of dark shit i will try to avoid because i can't stand the depression that follows but certain things i don't know why they feel they break the look into the abyss braces you up i don't know why that yeah, yeah. this is for sure in this case yeah Yes. And it seems even though it's about like this relationship, it's not really psychologically focused. Mm -hmm. It's more about like the dynamics of the world and Mm -hmm. the laws that you have to maintain or break. It's Mm -hmm. not like a deep dive into the minds, even though the personalities of these people are very important. And Mm -hmm. I love that. I just like I hate films that are like dumb psychological studies of people. Exactly. So fed up with it. Because most of it's psych 101, like the dumbest anyway but the weird thing is oh let, well you go ahead I, i'll get into the weird i'm thing done my turn. are you sure okay. it's eileen's turn <laughs> well let me just quickly say i i hit a real blood i loved it so much and was so there it was again it was like one of those movies made for me that i i literally couldn't imagine anyone not loving it that's how blind i was and usually i'm better about it than that so i was <laughs> astonished when i i wrote a review for jacobin just glowing like go 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 it's so great and I was getting replies, from, not from everyone, but a lot of people love it, but from, from people saying, I just didn't get it. I was huh. rolling my eyes throughout. I disliked it. You know, I was just shocked, shocked to the core yeah. <laughs> that people wouldn't get the emotions or even what's going on. There are even like reviews that are good reviews that are so weird and clueless that I don't, I literally don't know what people are saying. Yes. <laughs> like A.O. Dowd's review in the New York Times where he says- A.O. Scott. Column, or A.O. Scott, right. Yeah. A.O. Scott says- you know, basically, what's the deal with this guy, Colm? And then start yeah. speculating. Well, perhaps he's just a little more cosmopolitan. And you're like, what, man? What is wrong with you? Like, do you have that little empathy for humanity that you can? It's not like this isn't thoroughly. This is plot. 
I mean, right? Colum explains himself quite thoroughly. You don't have to keep digging. He's like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on in years. He's clearly older. He's an older man. He knows he only, he, he speculates he might have 12 years left. So he's like, what, my, what does my life amount to on this little tiny island? What have I ever done but sit around in, in pubs listening to you natter on about what came out in, you know, the poo of your, of your donkey? <laughs> and, and then Padraig has the great line, well, it wasn't, it wasn't what came out of my donkey, it was what came out of my pony, which just shows how much you were listening. <laughs> and apparently this went on for two hours, telling him in great detail, because, you know, Padraig uh, is super into his animals, loves them, loves and this is a very uh, true Irish thing. It was one of the things I loved about the Irish countryside when I went is that animals are everywhere and they're yes. just doted on. You can't go into a shop. You can't walk down the street. You can, they're just, they're at least dogs and cats, but you'll also see donkeys. There's just, they used to have animals on their money. Yes. You know? yeah. Animals are woven into their life. And literally there's fights with, with Padraig and his sister Siobhan because he keeps bringing, letting them the miniature donkey in. And he specifically says, I can't have the donkey outside when I'm sad. <laughs> Ao's got it literally can't can't fathom like what's the deal, and I'm just like he tells you what's the deal. He's going he's going mad, realizing his life is going to end and amount to nothing. He's actually concerned with he's a he's a a fine musician. He wants to compose some tunes, so mm -hmm. he'll, he'll have some little legacy for his existence. Like mm -hmm. can, is that hard to understand? <laughs> I'm just mm -hmm. like what's up? And you know it's interesting to read interviews with the the writer director Martin McDonough because he says I'm exactly I'm pretty much exactly split between the two characters, which is why I can go back and forth, like being on one side than the other. He said I'm temperamentally kind of like Padraig. Mm -hmm. uh, you know I, I I would just like a nice happy life. I like to hang out. Seems to like people and basically you know <laughs> you know a, a happy guy. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the other half of me is like clock's ticking. I'm 52 and. As much as talent as I have, don't I want to maxim use it all before I go? So he can he can understand both characters. And you go back, you start off, I think, certainly on Patrick's side because you know it's so brutal to just be told I just don't like you no more <laughs> after years. That just is so horrible. But then Colum admits it was way too brutal and, and explains himself. Mm -hmm. And you know, he, and you get to go into his house. All the houses are lovely. All all of it is so lovely that it takes you a while to realize there's actually quite a a a strongly satirical like critique of, of the culture going is so gorgeous that you're just yes. like, but it's also lovely. How can there be anything <laughs> wrong with this place? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you're American and living in a world of hellish strip malls and highways and it's hideous, you just can't believe how gorgeous. But at any rate, <laughs> but he's got like, he's got like a, 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 a no mask. Hang he's got all these masks and things from different cultures. He clearly has been thinking, he, he clearly is a brooder and a thinker. You know, mm -hmm. when he visits the priest for confession, the, the priest will say, well, how's the despair going? You know, clearly goes into <laughs> existential despair. So he's just someone who's found it, as Dolores, the word is great, the word is stultifying, to be in this tiny, tiny community among very limited, very dull people. And Siobhan, of course, has a great line for that. She's like, what do you expect? This is an island off the coast of my <laughs> What do you expect it to be? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... So it's so understandable, and there's, there's being nothing opaque here. That is the situation. But of course, for for Podrick, he's just so temperamentally suited to this life that he doesn't understand why this isn't good. <laughs> he likes mm -hmm. everything. He loves, you know, herding his cows along, and he loves <laughs> he loves his house. He loves his sister. Um, he loves going to the pub every day. <laughs> he loves everything about it. And if that makes him dull and limited, it also, as they you know point out, makes him one of the nice ones on the island. He's not soured by the limitations of his culture. Yes. But a lot of other people are, and we see it in many, many of the, you know, the characters, um, like the, the male woman who's just, who just lives for a kind of vicious gossip. She just wants to hear the worst thing going and she yeah. doesn't really like Padraig and his sister and scorns them because they never have any, they won't tell her anything and they never have any good gossip. I mean, it <laughs> really, there's a lot of that kind of what happens to a community that's that cut off, that insular, that, lost in time and there's only a couple of places to go you're gonna go to <laughs> church you're gonna go to the pub you can walk around <laughs> but, but that's it and you're gonna meet the same people over and over and over and over and the worst of the insularity of course is also in evidence the, the terrible case of dominic who's you know when 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 podrick is accused of being dull he becomes be, he's becomes obsessed and, and that's the start of the sourness he starts to rethink himself as not just the nice guy but now he's oh is he the dullest guy on the island and mm -hmm. dull meaning not just boring but an implication of stupid 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he's all worried. And then he's like, but then he's relieved and he's sort of, and he himself is cruel by saying, oh no, that's Dominic. <laughs> Dominic yes. is clearly. And there's what might be, he's treated as he's, as if he's a mentally afflicted boy mm-hmm. or a young man rather. But, you know, you certainly look at him and think he seems sharper, sharper than a lot of other people who are talking. And you, so you have to evaluate how quote unquote dull is he actually. He's played by a wonderful actor named, um, uh, what is Barry Keough, who's just, mm-hmm. you know, he's high, a highly praised and recognized actor in Ireland. He's just great. I mean, they're all great. Everyone's great. Just yes. put it out there, as Dolores already mentioned. But he's, he has scenes that are just transcendently great. <laughs> um, so at any rate, this is already beginning the souring process as he broods and broods over this. And of course, there's no way to avoid each other, even though without seeing, plainly, without the whole community knowing. You know, because you're going to pass each other on the roads. Everyone expects you to dr- be sitting together at the pub. Um, he keeps seeing um, columns sneaking out the back when he's coming to the house. Um, so there's no there's no smooth way to get out of this if neither one of them is going to leave the island. So, of course, um, Padraig can't leave it alone. And he just keeps nagging and trying to make up for it and talking to him until finally the threat is, every time you bother me or talk to me, I'm going to cut off one of my fingers. Which of course is shocking because he's a violinist. <laughs> and Gleason really is a violinist. And so the throwing of the finger, and I'm gonna throw it at your house, basically, and he throws it to his house. Mm-hmm. So there's really and he's using sheep shears to hack his fingers off. We don't <gasps> see it, but we see the it's just like, boy, it really makes you shudder all over. And the kind of com- combination of violence and black comedy is a real, of course, McDonough thing. Mm-hmm. Or good or ill. Like Seven Psychopaths is one of the movies I hate the most I've, of everything I've seen in I don't know how many years, fifteen years. <laughs> but I loved in Bruges, but it's also equally violent, funny. So mm-hmm. it sort of depends um, on which McDonough is uppermost. He said he said about Seven Psychopaths, I was trying to be cool then, and yeah, basically I realized my mistake. So now I'm trying to get all the coolness out of my work. And I- <laughs> yeah, he's so that's exciting. great. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we like that. We like to hear that. That's a good. Oh movie. yeah, yeah. But I love the the. There's no movie like this, at least none that I have ever seen. The whole subject matter is is unusual There's yes this, ma- this odd very particular male friendship that ends and that to watch the consequences so now you know Padraig has no one to hang around with so he starts hanging around with Dominic <laughs> reluctantly and but he's also being mean to Dominic in a way he wouldn't have been before and yeah. what happens with the sister Siobhan who's you know I, I don't know how old she's supposed to be. It's a little, she's pushing for 35. Maybe. Yeah. It's a yeah. little hard to say. Um, you know, she, she and her brother still sleep. No one has mentioned this in any review I've seen. It's I know. a shocking moment when you see that these more than adult siblings are still sleeping in the same bedroom. In yes. two little twin beds. And you're just like, Ooh. <laughs> yes. Ooh. This is and what then, I love about the film. It's yes. like, there's so much critique of that Island society. Yes. It's definitely not sentimentalized. Oh, no. And, and even though, again, A.O. AO Scott says it is, that there's this kind of veneer of sentimentality washed around. I'm like, Where? Oh, my God. That is <laughs> so inaccurate. <laughs> oh, I know. And poor Dominic is, you know, living with his, you know, absolutely brutal and wormy policeman father who, mm-hmm. uh, when, when Padraig is in a drunken rage one night, he basically tells the whole community that he's molesting mm-hmm. the son. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just a monster and every, everything he does is, is awful. He's all pleased because he, he finds out he's going to be able to, he's, he's being asked to preside over one of the executions <laughs> and he doesn't care if it's, you know, you know, uh, uh, which side of the conflict is being executed. He just wants to be at an execution. He's just that kind of, he's every bit as kind of dreadful a character as Mrs. McCormick. And she's mm-hmm. perhaps a literal banshee. Um, you get a you get a couple of shots of her Siobhan, who's you know going to leave and ultimately does leave because she's got mm-hmm. she's just got to save herself ultimately, and she looks across the water at her and suddenly can see the look of a kind of horrifying <laughs> monster face kind of emerge out of the old woman's face and you see for a few shots like maybe there really is still a banshee. There's a there's a great scene where um, um sorry I'm going on and on but I just want to get this last thing in. yeah um where Colum is composing a tune and he's finished the tune, the one tune. And he says, he's calling it the Banshees of Insurance. Mostly he said, because he just likes the sound of those syllables, Banshees Insurance. But also yeah. and then they get into, and then, and then this is one of the last times they talk in any civil way. Padraig says, well, there are no Banshees. 
And he says, well, I think there might be a modern version of Banshees. And it's people who sort of live amongst us and they hang around and they look at all the terrible things happen and they kind of smile and enjoy uh-huh. them. Uh-huh. And we, see, of course, see Mrs. McCormick being very much the obvious figure for this. Um, it's just uh-huh. really wearing a black cloak and is kind of a terrifying death death figure mm-hmm. um but you 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 start hunting for the other people who are like the 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 the, the, the woman who is the postmistress or mm-hmm. however you would call what she is she runs the post office she's got a similar there's a lot of this in the community of people who are participating in really you know awful things and getting a kind of morbid glee out of it mm-hmm. um so there is this kind of take on something has happened we're still we've still got um a quite a quite frightening tradition that's just kind of gone underground and 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 spread through the modern well, as modern as it gets there which isn't all that modern community so your idea of there's you can't you can't stay in the actual past and you can't you don't really have a way of going forward seems to be part of that this kind of curdled sense of the past is still so present it's just taken this other kind of queasy making form yeah that there's no answer for yeah exactly and i felt that way i mean even the film itself might be sort of like express that attitude yeah Yeah, it's it you know there's something about it where there's a critique of like every strata or Mm. age of human society which i i love there's Mm. you know okay as you mentioned the policeman is a corrupt abuser you know Mm -hmm. of his power in every way not only does he abuse his son he Mm -hmm. um you know he punches people you know way Mm -hmm. out of line um he's just a jackass a drunken jackass no one respects him Mm -hmm. um and he you know you might think of it okay so he's he's the law as in the state no one has any respect for that that's totally bankrupt in terms of moral legitimacy right (laughs) and as cole very hilariously says in a confessional booth um um, look, if you can't punch a policeman, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, you know, that we might as well pack up and go home. Right. So, <laughs> beautiful moment. So great. <laughs> so great. But then again, it's not like the traditional society offers much mm. more. Um, there's, there is Mrs. McCormick, a fearsome figure. Mm. And there are the, you know, the island is kept together by hypocritical ni- niceness mm. and um, gossip mm. <laughs> and weird I mean, it, there's there's depth to it, too. It's not like it's a horror show, but there are things that feel like horrific, you know, like the grown siblings needing to sleep in the same bedroom because they're so lonely. You know, there's just like no one else there. Um, and and then also there, you know, there's the church and yeah. it may be as representative of a different strata of tradition. Mm. And the priest is a fat bastard. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. and the, um, since, as you were saying, Eileen, it's so clear that the animals are like by far the most, um, sympathetic creatures on yeah. this island. Um, Jenny, the miniature donkey is mm. a doll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I'm personally in love with Colm's border collie. <laughs> oh yeah. That is a wonderful dog. <laughs> yeah. The, the, a magnificent animal, creature. Yeah. The animal acting is, you know, as it almost always is of an absolutely tip top variety. Yes. Just beautiful performances. In fact, let me quickly read the quote about from, um, McDonough about the horse. Um, Ooh. they found a local horse named Minnie. Um, and that he needed to play this very late scene of, of, of when Podrick is really reaching a point of tremendous devastation where you can hardly even move. And he said, and according to the, the, this, you know, piece that's printed, he realized, McDonough realized he needed Minnie in a crucial scene and she rose to the occasion, quote, she makes that whole scene. She makes that scene the saddest part of it. Just how gentle she was, where she's mm-hmm. looking in through the doorway almost looking away because it's too sad and for her that's all improv amazing (laughs) and that's the horses before and it is indeed you'll remember that horse because and the horses increasingly the animals are looking in the windows as if they're gazing sadly on the way humans can't just you know they're it's it's almost like the animals because they're so allied with with padraig are actually making his case for him yes like animals aren't aren't going crazy going but i should be doing incredibly ambitious things and going living in some other place and doing some other thing. They're like, eh, this is nice here. <laughs> yeah, I get to eat and, you know, my people are here. And, you know, so that is pa- the best of Podrig is that where he's yes. like 
he's closer to the animals in temperament than he is to and he lets part of his complete confusion. He really just doesn't understand what Colm's on about. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? We're 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 talking. It's normal to talk. We talk every day. What's wrong with that? You know, and and when you know <laughs> Colm's trying to make the case of for a kind of immortality. And he yeah. says, you know, when Podrick says, but I'm nice, I'm nice. And he said, yeah, but nobody remembers anyone for being nice. Look back at the 17th century and you remember, is anyone, who do you remember for being nice? No one, but everyone remembers Mozart. And of course, Podrick says, well, I don't. So there goes that argument. <laughs> and he makes a whole case for how he remembers his mother and father. And he'll always remember his sister because they were so nice. And it's very touching. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. it really is very touching for his sister that she, she hears that, that he said this. And she, but you know, the thing is, she's much smarter. She's much more peppery. And so mm -hmm. that need for more overcomes her. And finally, she has to make the terrible decision, to, the terrible but life saving decision to leave and go to the mainland because she just, she can't stay. She's hit the limit. <laughs> much like yeah. Colin, she can't, she can't go on like this forever. It's too horrible. And she writes a funny letter back trying to get Padre to come and come and stay with her. And she's got a place for him where she's living. And she's saying, and they're all happy here. And, for, and I don't know why that is. I think a lot of them are from Spain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so the whole take is, you know, on the mainland, the Irish aren't any too happy either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, yeah. And that, I mean, barring that, and it's so true. I mean, I think it is like a very uh, specific critique. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> But um, there is a, yeah, there, uh, even calm voices, mm -hmm. the idea to the priest, uh, mm -hmm. the priest is asking him to reveal his sins and mm -hmm. um, his sin to calm is that he inadvertently killed Jenny, the miniature donkey. Right. And the, the priest reminds him he also punched a policeman <laughs> and, and, you know, that's a sin. And he's like, oh, that's, if nah. that's a sin, we might as well. <laughs> pack up and go home um but you know the priest also says um well god you know god doesn't care about a miniature donkey and Combs like yeah i i, I fear that he doesn't that's the i think that's, that's where, where everything's starting to go wrong, wrong. yes <laughs> yeah. it's a beautiful line Beautiful yes. Yeah. So it's, you know, not even the traditions of the church or um, all, any of these things provides an answer. It's like every every which way that people have tried to make a go of it. Uh, none of it is is working very well. <laughs> so. Right. And, it, you know, it really is the confounding part of it that you're left with. You is you. It's true. You don't. There's no easy answer to any. Of it. Mm -mm. <laughs> you're supposed to be whipsawed around like what would be, what would the answer be for you? There is no, there is no one answer. And that's part of the torture because that's going to lead to things like the, the complete dissolution of this friendship. Yeah. Because it's becoming absolutely imperative for Gollum that he has to, he has to have solitude and he has to stop seeing Podrick and Podrick can't have it. And then that pretty soon you've racked up consequences that as Podrick says, some things you can never get over. Mm -hmm. And it's too late now. Those things were done. And now we are forever. We are forever at war. He just repledges again at the end. No, no. You know, we're not done. It'll never be done. And obviously, yeah. I, I was glad that it, it, that's, as, that's as strenuous as it gets in comparing the personal, you know, quote unquote, civil war to the civil war that's, you know, obviously metaphorically raging on. Yes. Um, it, if it leaned even one, one gram. <laughs> <laughs> on it i would have started to be like oh don't do that <laughs> exactly exactly yeah it's so. i i it's so refreshing not to to see a film that's not telling you yeah. <laughs> like how to be or you know mm. its point of view in like really uh i don't know neon flashing lights <laughs> right. so so yes. nice yes it's just letting you be with this you know macerating in this situation for a long long time yeah, and there's so much heartbreak built in that can't be helped. Mm -hmm. That, like, there's a lovely scene where Dominic, it's it's, but it's heartrending. Um, sort of offers he's obsessed with Ugh. women clearly because he's going mad. <laughs> yeah, he's got the worst life ever. He has no chance with any of the women, so he's just obsessed with women in a creepy way. But he can't help it. He, you know, his whole yeah. sex life is stunted beyond belief. Yeah. and he he sort of offers his love to Siobhan. And she has this terrible look of like squinchy face, sympathy and dread of him. He already knows she's going to reject him. He keeps halting and hesitating and saying, and you probably wouldn't want to. So he knows what's going to happen. 
And of course it happened. Just keep saying no. Mm-hmm. And then he says, well, there's that dream gone. And he just does it so perfectly. And it's so heartbreaking. You just want to die. <laughs> and he just wants to die. Yes. And, but again, what could, you can't think, oh, but if only Siobhan would have, it, there, it's impossible. It's impossible. Right. So, so much of the relationships between hum, human beings are impossible. And what do you do about that? Well, I don't know what you do about that. What no, and it's, yeah. And also, I mean, the, he, you know, everyone kind of has a way of like living on the island and for, mm. for Dominic, that was his hope. You know, you've got to, you got to have some kind of dream or whatever. Mm. Um, and it drives, it, Colm's dream drives him to mad acts. Mm. You know, Dominic's drives him into a lake. Yep. Um, <laughs> the only, and I have to say, Siobhan even though driven off the island to the mainland, exactly. Um, but that's the one time I feel hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that it. And again, bless the film; she doesn't simplistically sail off into, um, you know, uh, ugh, Oz. Right. But I am so happy when she goes. I'm like, oh, yeah. go girl. Oh no, get she off. has to go because because we <laughs> yeah. see what's going to happen. She's going to go completely sour. Like it's going to yeah. be the same kind of thing where the sheer frustration of her situation is now going to tr- start turning her in a really yeah. bad way. Um, she's just hit these moments, you know, <laughs> in the course of the story where you're like, oh, she just, she, this can't go on. And yeah. McDonough says the same. She's either going to leave or she's going to commit suicide. This can't go on. Um, so, so, so that is, yes. When we're, we keep seeing it because what's going to happen to, we, we see what happens to Padre. His niceness, which was defining his animal like, temperament mm-hmm. which is inclined if he if he has food and shelter and you know <laughs> company to be happy is all going is all completely curdled uh, right this, is, this has ruined his his care his temperament and character and so there's so much of that going on on the island because there's so many people that need something else and they can't get it, it, it all that rocky isolation is just not going to be the it would be the answer for me i think I need yes. I need to trade places with somebody on that damn island. <laughs> but maybe I'm kidding myself. I probably am. Typical American, you know, romanticizing. <laughs> it just looks yeah. so damn good. Oh my god, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, I wanted to pint the whole time. My God, oh, the Guinness god, gets absolutely the fabulous. Guinness. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, McDonough apparently gets into all sorts of trouble because you know he's not proper Irish. He wasn't really mm-hmm. raised in Ireland himself, and you know. It, there's a there's a sense that he takes a way too harsh view of the culture and that he takes a too cliche view of the culture. And I'm just like, oh, come fucking on. Exactly. <laughs> if you go, at yeah. least when I went, Guinness is flowing like water. Of course. And the countryside is beautiful. There are animals everywhere. What are we going to pretend? It's completely different than that? I, I know. I know. I was reading some of that, like um, watching out for like this, you know, those Irish stereotypes. I was like, mm. you mean the folk culture of Ireland? Yes. Um, the facts of i mean Um, i don't know what's gonna Um, hit you the second you get out there is yeah yeah Yeah. it's ridiculous and like honestly i i mean i'm not saying the irish have historically had a easy time of it Mm. but like i I don't think in this day and age irish stereotypes are hurting anyone in fact i think the tourist industry (laughs) leans on them pretty heavily (laughs) so um I don't know. I don't know. That that's like beyond me. Like you know, uh, white groups and like people nervous about stereotyping them. I think we can all move on. Like well, they're fine. Exactly. Everyone and loves I, Ireland. Oh, exactly. And I've always felt that of all the stereotypes in the world, the Irish had the best ones. And that like, the worst <laughs> of it was that they didn't embrace this. Like when the whole attitude of the English was of the Irish, they are just the wildest, <laughs> the most yeah. uncontrollable. The this that I'm like that sounds great. Don't I know. down on that. That's the best. <laughs> Best description, go for it. Instead, there's all that anxious would be, maybe we can be out English the English and, you know, be more Victorian than they are. And you're like, no, right. go the other way. I yeah. know. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's beyond me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, we're going to like, you clearly have the best funeral sense of humor and mm. have we oversung your poetic abilities and like yes. the handsome men who populate the handsomeness, <laughs> the wit, the yeah. like, oh my God, it's yeah. all great. The willingness to fight. I love this. I'm just like, God, you know, where we tend to be in such a fight averse culture at every level in this country. 
Like, yeah. it doesn't matter how wrong you are. <laughs> Nobody will stand up. And that is in small personal things all the way up to large political things. Yeah. That you kind of were like, you know, maybe a little fight is not a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. Um, anyway. anyway. <laughs> we, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, But it is um, cool that the, that the film, um, the cinematography is by Ben Davis, who also worked on Seven Psychopaths and Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. So other, he's a McDonough favorite. Yeah. He, you know, it's, gore, it's just beyond gorgeous. Yes. Obviously, the countryside is so wonderful that it lends itself to being gorgeous. It's going to be gorgeous. You kind of can't avoid it. But there's just wonderful shots of scenes of, like, looking at reflection looking at people through these kind of dusty dirty windows you mm -hmm. know it's kind of nicely quiet it's all very quiet you yeah know, it's not it's not a showy film but there are going to be quietly beautiful things about scenes that are can be unexpected um yeah. that are delightful it's like you know there's a scene where um um uh podrig tries to go fetch his friend again and sees him. He winds up going in and sees that his friend has already escaped out another door. And he walks around the room and there's a, I think it's a, it's a no theater mask. Um, yeah. uh, and he puts it on his face for a minute with like this complete, they're all hanging, you know, which is another weird thing. <laughs> they're all these hanged figures. Yes. Uh, which is a kind of slightly suicidal motif to all of these things in his home. Yeah. But that, that he puts it on his face in this kind of like, Hmm. You know, an uh, uncomprehending way, almost like an animal would, just take it up in his mouth or something. And, and it, it's, it's so characteristic of him. He doesn't understand his friend. Mm -hmm. And it's probably sheer, you know, they live right there, that, that it makes his, has made them this odd couple friendship at all for years. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So and they don't really go together. But at the same time, he loves his friend in that uncritical, animal-like way. But he's my friend. He's always been my friend. How can he not be my friend? Yes, I, totally, totally. And I love that too, because, you know, just to be a member of a small community yeah. doesn't mean that you're known. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, doesn't mean that you're understood. It doesn't mean that you feel whole or like have a place that you feel suits you, et cetera, et cetera. So I truly like don't understand the claim that this is a sentimental ver vision yeah, I was <laughs> of traditional life. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> yeah. I could not fathom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but okay. Um, but okay. I mean, the pub is really appealing. There's this oh, lovely God. bench outside oh, so <laughs> where nice. you can watch the waves crash, you know? Oh yeah. To have the um, sea constantly outside, this gorgeous sea views everywhere on the houses. There are these wonderful whitewashed houses with like the bright accents that you get in Ireland. So the doors, the windows we painted, like I think it's uh, it Colm's house is red. Yeah. Uh, red accents on the house. And it's just like, again, it's, it's just so beautiful against all the, you know, the gray skies. It's very cheerful. Again, I live in the Northeast of America. <laughs> what do you get? You get gray. <laughs> you get, yes. it's like there's a color aversion that is truly maddening. <laughs> like, are we trying <laughs> to be more depressed? There's no need to try. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's again, it's 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 kind of risking, but I was glad it did. It makes it a kind of interesting thing as you as you are more and more immersed in this. As the, as the humor, as much humor as there is, and it's very black humor, it it starts to drain away by the end. That the consequences are so uppermost once. Once Jenny dies, it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, <laughs> this just ain't funny. Yeah. And, and the beauty, uh, it, the, but the landscape stays as compellingly gorgeous. You know, you could have shot it in ways to kind of try to make it duller or drearier to further illustrate a point or a critique. But no, you just let all the tensions lie there. Yes. Um, so that different people can have these completely different responses. Things can change in their perspective all the time. So again, having the banshee woman. You know, is she just an, or, or su such a dreary, annoying old woman <laughs> that mm -hmm. you duck behind walls as Siobhan does and as we see Patrick do too to try to avoid her because then she yeah. catches invitations to your home and just sits yeah. there talking about who died when. You yes. Know? In this really annoying, depressing way, like a tap dripping forever. Or is she <laughs> really a terrifying, this terrifying mythical figure you know, made modern? This is what, mm -hmm. what it's come to. This is the kind of seeping evil um that lives amongst us that kills everything kills all pleasure kills joy um yes. and just lets all that rest together it can it can be wildly beautiful and at the same time you just you got to get out of there 
<laughs> yes, exactly. And when Shaban looks across the lake at her in that yeah. scene you were describing earlier, my thought as well was like, this is Shaban's future if she stays. Yeah. She will be Mrs. McCormick, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, it, yeah, the mainland does definitely does not offer like a utopian solution, but you might as well roll the dice and take your chance. And take your chance. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And you know, it, it and again, I do I do admire the there is a problem with humanity. It's only suggested. It doesn't really talk mm-hmm. about, but that we just can't be most people can't be well, I shouldn't even say that because there's so many people, even review even critics, high-level critics who can't seem to understand column. Um a lot of people can't just be happy in their little lives, you know, mm-hmm. whether whatever wherever they were placed. So we're, that's part of being people. And, uh, you know, for everyone who is perfectly happy, there's, you know, nine more who are ripping their own faces off and thinking, if I don't get out of here, there's going to yep. be mayhem. I mean, it's either going to be self-directed or outwardly directed, probably outwardly. Yeah. And and that's just something we, it never goes away. We're freakish monkeys that way. We're freakish chimps. <laughs> and we just, we, we, you know, sometimes I despair. Like, there's, humans can ruin everything. Humans can be in paradise and be truly in many cases and, and hate it and <laughs> just be like, I have to go anywhere else, but this paradise that I was born in. Yeah, I was exactly. one. So of course I understand this hundred percent. I'm like, I had to get out of my own town. And in my eyes, my town was an ugly town full of the nastiest people that ever lived. I went away. I lived out. And when I came back, I'm like, what a pretty town. <laughs> and I just couldn't even register it. It's lovely, lovely town on a, on the on a river. It's is gorgeous, and yeah. but to me, it was such a nightmare scenario that it, literally, if I didn't get out of there, I was going to kill myself. I mean, that was that was how extreme. But there mm-hmm. was just no way, and that's mm-hmm. partly every prospect pleases and only man is vile. You know, it's the culture yeah. that gets set up that can be often what kills you. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It no, indeed. Um, and I like the. There's something about, so I love the score, which I think oh, somehow yeah. complements everything you just said, and I don't know how, um, <laughs> but it's it's by Carter Burwell, um, for my money, the best contemporary film composer there is. Um, of course, came up with the Coen brothers. But of course. Of course, <laughs> but carry on. <laughs> well, no, he's got, so yeah, he does have a lovely, very minimalist score, yeah. um, but he's also chosen uh, outside works to complement the action. So mm-hmm. very like like um intriguingly when when we're first introduced to the island there is i i think i believe it sounds like an african folk song a choral piece yes oh no but and oh and i know this oh i meant to make a note of it i have their record and i can't remember the name of the group but it, i can't remember if it's it's not the bulgarians women's chorus i'm gonna have to look this up we should do a oh it's not african okay but it's okay yeah i i know i know the album it's off of and i just i meant to write down the title and it's it's a title in another (laughs) i think it's in french oh wow okay you own this but i'll have to look yes it was it went it had had a vogue this group holy back in the 90s for like a year and i wound up with with it and i meant to write it down i'm sorry but um yeah we'll we'll do a little post to follow up and announce what that song is beautiful and it's yes and it's it's unexpected totally Um, mm -hmm. It, yeah, it slaps, and there, <laughs> there are like there are several other tunes. You know, there's mm. like Latin, there's mm. um, German. Um, it, I don't know, like r- really beautiful, mostly like uh, definitely classical, mostly um, a little bit of like you were saying, like uh, like kind of like uh, well curated, ex- expertly performed folk music. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like a there's like an international flavor yeah. in the soundtrack which is really interesting and i think like keeps the film from being a sentimental uh, you know a deep dive into um irish tradition there right. and there are irish traditional tunes and they're part of this you know mm. but that like this is definitely the score is making this part of a larger um comment on like human cultures i Mm -hmm. i think and like the way that humans organize themselves Mm -hmm. um so i just i just thought that was brilliant i totally did not expect it and there there's like beautiful like i don't know what it is but it sounds like early music you know like maybe not a countertenor but like an un uh a very like early way of singing with like very little vibrato Mm -hmm. and it's very eerie and wonderful and it just it makes it seem like Throughout, I thought this tale was mythical. It is, mm. oh, it is like fable-like his... in a, in a way. Yeah, yeah, 
and it is and it is also historically specific, which mm-hmm. is the best. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's all those things that works on a million different levels, but it has this like this is like a universal comment on the folly of man, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. <laughs> Me too. I, I you know, and it where it's getting an occasional accusation of it it's thin or it's overly simple or stereotypical or something what? is in having i know i've read some crazy ass things <laughs> but I, again for me if i was emotionally there already it, everything becomes riveting and fascinating and and i see all sorts of things that i think you wouldn't if you just weren't grabbed it's such a quiet movie for one there's a yeah. lot of silence and you know a lot of going through just like even though the the drama starts immediately like there's the it's not like you have a long normal section of <laughs> of the yeah. friends meeting and everything. No, the first encounter is the rejection essentially. Yes, um, but you you spend there's just time spent with you know little carts or cows being driven along the road and people passing each other on the road and you know in at, back at confession in church and back at the pub again and all the commentary from the locals on this thing that's happened because it's a huge thing to happen. In such yeah. a small community. And this is big news that these lifelong, apparently lifelong friends are not friends anymore. And it's endless comment. There's a funny bit where the bartender and a guy who's a re- clearly a regular customer who looks almost exactly like the bartender. Yeah. Just echoes everything the bartender says Ugh. in a kind of haunting way where he just wait. He we just a beat behind what the bartender says. He will say exactly the same thing. Yep. And you can just tell he's been in that bar for, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 45 years and by now that's his only way of communicating so there's all these kind of little that's just a tiny moment that's just a small side thing yeah so there's there's a lot of that a lot of just little interactions with various community members that flesh out the sense of you know this is this is what the quality of life you can both understand for example how siobhan could have been there all these years mm-hmm. and how she how she suddenly got to get out of it and it's the, yeah. how that's kicked off by the feud between um the former friends which she keeps trying to patch up like going to column and saying come on what are you doing (laughs) why this is causing all this mayhem he's miserable what are you what's going on um yeah yeah, but you can sort of see how both are so possible you could just be enmeshed in this culture so deeply that you maybe don't even quite realize how much you have to get out until something instigates it which clearly has in her case yeah, and and for all the texture, and it's so true. It is quiet. There, there is so much. Um, yeah, just like being with you know, like the daily routines of people. It's also like very rigorously structured. So yes. mm-hmm. you can tell McDonough writes for the theater. The con- as you said, the conflict is crystal clear from the beginning. Like everything builds in a way that feels like very formally, almost classical. Yeah. And that makes me feel safe. <laughs> oh, I know, me too. It yeah. just relaxes me immediately. Okay, I'm in good hands here. I don't have to feel like I have to co-create this thing. The person really doesn't know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can feel when the escalation kicks in, when the announcement of, okay, I'm going to cut off the finger. You know, now it's, now it, mm-hmm. you know, everyone had been thinking, oh, this is fixable. This will be patched up somehow, blah, blah, blah. Yep. You know, and then suddenly, oh, <laughs> And then testing that boundary and seeing that that boundary is going to hold in the most horrific way. And then, and then, you know, Jenny dying, you know, so you keep getting these darker and darker uh, intensifications of the basic scenario that you started. Which yes. Is the end of the friendship. Yes. And everything does build in, again, it's the, the appeal to that fable-like quality. Mm-hmm. It seems like um, almost a predictable bedtime story. It's not, it's not predictable. Um, and, you know, what's complex about it are the facts that each of these people has like a deeply sympathetic point of view, mm-hmm. <laughs> as well as a, um, a, an annoying and I won't say a social, <laughs> but, you know, as, as well as like enormous faults. Yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. And McDonough yeah. really, you know, stresses that in interviews, he's like, you know, it, you have to respect the fact that everyone is the lead in their own <laughs> in their own narrative so you have to kind of indicate find ways to indicate that yeah you know, that this is siobhan's story this is <laughs> this is dominic's story this is you know and dominic's story has so much gathering weight that you're not expecting because he's been so dismissed as a character and he's very funny 
mm-hmm. at, at first and you and you you have no idea how dark and desperate it's suddenly it's seemingly suddenly even though it's been building all along mm-hmm. going to get um and, yes. and the kind of devastation of it you know it's sort of dominic dies Jenny dies, and you know you've had Mrs. McCormick in her in her morbid, gleeful way, constantly warning everyone of who's likely to die. Someone's going to die, mm-hmm. in her view, always. So mm-hmm. it's you know she there's a scene there's a really great scene where she warns um um Padraig, don't go and kill Colm's dog, <gasps> to, to 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 avenge Jenny, and mm-hmm. he says. Don't be putting things in my head, you mad old cow. I wasn't going to go kill his dog. But it almost makes you nervous because that kind, for exactly that reason, he put his, he put for once for, you know, he's not the brightest, but he yeah. puts his finger on the danger of it. You put an idea in my head that I wouldn't have even thought. And now yes. and he put it in on the audience's head. So for the rest, of, oh, you're so scared for that dog. It's so true. It's so true. Oh my god! And the dog is acting <laughs> like he knows he's in danger, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" If he kills that dog, I just you know, yeah. I'm walking out. I'm walking out. <laughs> you know, it's a great comparison to the death of the donkey is so huge that, and then the threat to the dog is so huge. It, it can really be compared to Triangle of Sadness, which I don't know if you've seen yet. No. But there's a donkey that's killed, I'll warn you ahead of time. I mm. did not foresee coming. And it's the way it's handled is so hard to take that I'm still struggling with the review because it seems like I hate to put it this way, but I don't know else. There's a lack of respect. Yes. <laughs> yes. For the death of the donkey. And it seems like it's not just the characters. It seems like it's the director. Oh god. And I hate to say that, but it feels like he still thinks it's funny. And that for me, of course, is boy, is that a deal breaker. So I'm still really wrestling with this with this review because of the donkey. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. But this yeah. film it oh. makes it the this is the biggest tragedy that has occurred. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And you're with it. I mean, the audience is with it. Like it's abs- it's utterly devastating. Yes. When, yeah. Um yes. yeah. Then, no, yeah. it's this is these are one of the many perfect things about this film. Um, <laughs> really, so. if, you, if you can get into the groove, and I, you know, I have to say, now that I've seen so many people who just aren't, yeah, like, you're either going to be. I think I would say you're probably either going to be grabbed or you're just not. I, I would think you you're going to know in 15 minutes tops that if you're in or you're not. It's it's it works that swift. It seizes you immediately with what it's going to do, and you're going to be either going yep or no. yeah. I, yeah. Eileen, what was your theatrical experience? Mine was, um, I, it was a very small theater where I saw it, but mm. uh, people were, I don't know, there were probably a dozen other people in the theater and it, w- it was like a, an uproarious experience. People were laughing out loud. It seemed like it was like an audience that was really into it. How well, did it go yeah. for you? I wish mine had gone as well as that. I mean, it was this, maybe a, few, a little fewer even. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a sprinkling of people in a small theater. I was surprised at how small. I thought, you know, this thing is so well reviewed and it's so, but no, it was shoved into a very, a very small theater. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the people I was was with two siblings who just adored it. So we, of course, were all, I think people were laughing, but I wish I could have been with a larger audience because I, because some of Mm -hmm. it is so funny. It's hard to even convey how funny it is. Some of the early scenes. (laughs) Colin Farrell, especially, has just never, never been better. He's just getting better by the day. It's and his his face has become so wonderful. His his eyebrows, I don't know if they're naturally as black as they are by now, because you know, he's middle certainly a middle-aged man by now. Mm -hmm. But they're so black and they're so like (laughs) they're arched (laughs) to the point that he looks like the 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 tragedy mask of the theater. It's so extreme. (laughs) And it's it both is more heartbreaking in the in the really sad moments and funnier, <laughs> you know, when That's he's wonderful. You know, when he's seriously arguing why Colin has to stay friends with him. <laughs> yeah, yes. that he's just become like I don't think. I mean, I always liked him, but I don't think I would have guessed when he was the young heartthrob that mm-hmm. he was going to get to be this good. And he's really just thank God he made all the, the moves that he did. Because yeah, he and Gleason are just just fantastic. brilliant. Yeah, beyond. Yeah. You, Beyond. you can't fault any of the performances. They're all just wonderful. Every damn one. It's a great ensemble. 
so this is they first teamed up in in Bruges, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I was reading in one of the articles, one of the interviews with Martin McDonough, um, he said, like, you know, all right, how do you want to prepare for this? Mm-hmm. He's um, the director asked uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell, do you want to be method and not speak to each other much on the set? And they're like, no, we're actors. We'll act it. <laughs> I guess they're, tre- they're tremendously fond of one another. And that also comes through. I mean, they have no, tremendous chemistry. Yeah, they do. And it was very sweet because there was a, I, I just happened to usually don't watch Saturday Night Live, but Brendan Gleeson came on and, and was playing his little mandolin and did, you know, he was the guest host. Wow. And this, the, 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 uh, the unexpected bonus was Colin Farrell just, you know, came on to be with him, you know, and you could just see this adoration on the part of Colin Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will just follow him around if I can, kind of an air that was very sweet to see. Because uh, really <laughs> Brendan Gleeson is so he's so great now it's frightening he's always Mm -hmm. been great he's always been a great actor but he's got an unusual combination you don't see in a lot of actors now he's so he's got such bulk he's such a big man Mm -hmm. and he's so imposing of course there's something so formidable i mean he he stalks around the island in this black coat (laughs) flapping around and there's just something so johnny cash yeah yeah (laughs) so massy about him and you know to find out he's playing all of his own music and he's a very accomplished musician and and it's just everything about him is you know he's got that wonderful rumpled face you know that's unusual in people who get to be so famous as he is so it's just like in every way it's so refreshing just to gaze upon him he doesn't seem to me like a typical contemporary actor in many ways but not at all no no he seems really like a throwback to some better actor time and there's a scene where he has to he has to knock down the police and you know he's he's getting on i don't know how, i should have looked up how old he is but you know he's he's older um yeah but you do not doubt for a second he would knock him down he's just he's got those big meaty fists everything about him it's just like he just wouldn't mess with brendan gleason so that alone is just a kind of delightful thing to see this big <laughs> shambling formidable force of an actor is really a wonderful yeah, no, it's so true. It's he's yeah, he's um he really has like man in black Johnny Cash vibes. <laughs> he does. He does. He yeah. does. Yeah. He's got and he's got the fathomless eye, you know, you know, to convey someone who's got real artistic ambition, however thwarted, is not an easy thing. A lot of times when people try to do it, they don't really convince you that there's anything going on there at all. But he, yeah. of course, really does. You really can feel his absolutely thwarted sense of I'm nothing. I've never made anything of myself. And now I've got this limited time. And I, if I don't do something drastic, like he does, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to lose my chance and I'm going to die and I'll be nothing. And you know, I guess yeah. there are some people who can't understand that. I, I, I find that odd because that's my life. So. <laughs> Word. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Speaking of hot gossip, oh, you, yeah. this is news to me. Isn't so, it incredible? Oh, you couldn't yes. <laughs> tell what tell the people eileen what the are we talking news. about and i only it, it was literally in a photo that was accompanying an interview with him and then with a little caption saying that uh, you know martin mcdonough's partner since 2018 is phoebe waller bridge of fleabag and yeah i was just like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently they're a, they're a steady long-term ish couple wow uh, that's the dark you know yeah those are the dark rulers of the british isles i want I to guess. see <laughs> i guess talk about a hot couple i mean yeah. that must be quite a get to have them to go to attend something wow it's great their courtship yeah. is just like brutal honesty mm-hmm. <laughs> and like revelations of how i don't know how dark their souls are i love well, it yeah I think but it's, it's yeah but it, the, the, the thing i love about it is it's combined with this oddly chipper quality there's an odd good cheer mixed yeah. with this terrible the terrible dark that is always my favorite thing that's why I love oh definitely poems, you know <laughs> this this oddly chipper quality it's wonderful marvelous it's the saving oh. grace ideal dinner party guests no doubt oh, about yeah. it oh my god you can just imagine how, how, how delightful that would be yes. yeah <laughs> well at any rate obviously we're recommending this movie but again with the caution if everything we described it might not be for you there's some people who just incredibly to me but um and probably to Dolores aren't going to be able to get into the the groove of the film and you're you're going to be like what's happening and why is he throwing fingers at the door and he's not understand (laughs) me throwing the fingers was like yep (laughs) yep 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 get it 100% so you know you just have to judge for yourself but if you think this is in your groove boy are you in for something special and marvelous and 
a one a one of a kind thing that's not gonna that can't be repeated it's its own yes. thing so much co-signed yeah. so that's <laughs> it for our episode um what were we calling it again we had such a good name the, a big oh. hand ha ha <laughs> <laughs> the banshees of insurance um thank you dear listeners and of course triple thanks to our subscribers who keep us in miniature donkeys we wish um if you're not a subscriber yet but you like it here please consider signing up for patreon for all with patreon for all the films like content instead of just the half publicly available you can follow news of the podcast on facebook instagram and twitter join us in two weeks for you know the the the, the next subject that we're taking on the next film which is you know marked for the next we don't know yet until then, <laughs> thank you for listening and bye. Bye. <laughs>